This is Doug Hastings, Vice President of Moody Radio, and we're thankful for support from our listeners and businesses like United Faith Mortgage. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Pastor Mark Job, we'll see how knowing who you are in Christ gives you a sense of purpose and value. The enemy understands that when you feel like you don't belong, then you become strategically separated from the people of God and you become vulnerable to the enemy that lies to your identity and your soul. He can swerve you away from your God-given purpose and destiny. We should all be actively searching for our God-given destiny, but if we don't know who we are, then how do we know where to look? Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend. Mark Job is our Bible teacher, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. This weekend, we're beginning a two-part miniseries called Do You Know Who You Are? And we're going to be looking at our identity in Christ as we actively search out our God-given purpose and destiny. And Mark... One of the themes of your preaching is that we shouldn't just sit idly by waiting for things to happen. You're right, Wayne. It's one of my themes in preaching because I believe it's one of the themes of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Our identity actually points us to our purpose, and it accelerates us towards our destiny. And that's what this passage is all about. He tells us in Peter who we are, and then he says, this is what you're called to do. Yes, and there's no greater sense of satisfaction than knowing you're doing what God wants you to do. That's right. It starts with understanding who we are, and it progresses to understanding what God has called us to do. Well, that's the title of the message, Do You Know Who You Are? Here's Mark Job. Have you ever seen a, a football team uh, that's losing, and they walk into the locker room at halftime, and the players have their helmets off, they're sweating, but they're looking down, they're discouraged. You could see their shoulders are slumped. You could see that they've had a, a very bad first half. And usually what the coach does in the locker room at halftime, and sometimes it's the halftime speech that turns the entire game around. But I've noticed that what good coaches do it's not all about plays 
and technicalities and strategy. Most of the times what good coaches do is they remind their players, their team, they remind them of who they are. And I've seen some of the most powerful locker room uh, conversations, and oftentimes they go something like this, hey, we haven't come this far to lose. You are winners. You've worked hard. You are champions. Look at the person beside you and tell them he's a champion. We are destined to be able to win because a coach understands that winning or losing oftentimes hinges on how the team sees themselves. I believe that at this time in our nation, in our country, in our city, that we, the people of God, we need to know who we are in the midst of this. Because here's the challenge. If we're not clear on our identity, then we get fuzzy about our purpose. Oh man, let me tell you that. Let me say that again. You see, purpose flows out of identity. Show me someone that is unclear about who they are, and I'll show you someone that's unclear about their purpose and their mission and what they're called to accomplish. Uh, Show me someone that's clear about their identity, and I'll show you someone that's much more clear about their mission and their purpose because mission flows out of identity. Uh, it, It flows out of purpose and identity. When someone in the army knows who they are, they fight the battle better. When a football player understands who they are, they win championships better. When, when a worker understands who they are, they do their job better. When a dad understands his identity, he fathers better. Uh, it, it's true about all of life. And so the Apostle Peter is speaking to a group of people that are in the midst of a very challenging time. They're struggling and their identity was getting shaken And so he's reminding them, hey, this is who you are because this is what you're called to do. I was thinking about that for a moment. We, who we are as a congregation, as people. If if our identity was in a worship service, guess what? That's been taken away from us. If, If you felt like, hey, I'm new life, and for you new life is to gather in a packed out auditorium on Sunday morning, and that's your identity then that has been taken from you and we're meeting in homes and online and in parking lots. If our identity was a building to you, then we've lost our identity because our building was shut down. If our, if our identity was the fact that you had a ministry on Sunday morning and that has sort of disappeared for this time, then you struggle with like, well, what's our purpose now? And I want to talk to you about that. So there's four things that our identity helps us with, and I'm, I want you to turn in your Bibles again to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. I'm going to begin reading in verse 9. Uh, follow along in your Bibles with me, and this is what it says. But you are a chosen people. Yeah, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once, yeah, once upon a time you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. 
Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which are against your soul and live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Word of the Lord. So if you're taking notes, write this down. I'm talking about understanding who we are. Number one, identity speaks to your value. Identity speaks to your value. Uh, Notice what Peter is telling this group of people. He says, uh, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And he uses this as corporate titles. In other words, this is plural. This is, he's not talking about an individual. He's talking about who we are as a group of people. And he goes on to say, and, and by the way, again, this book was written to a people who were under pressure, and they were beginning to allow society to define them as opposed to allow God to define who they are. You know, if you are a parent here, can I just give you an insight into this? Before you send your junior high daughter into high school, you need to really help her understand who she is. Because if she doesn't understand who she is in high school, in junior high, and as she goes into high school, someone will help tell her who she is. Come on, parents. If you don't help build an identity into her, then someone in high school is going to try to tell her, well, this is who you are. And if she's not strong in that, she's going to let someone else define her. Listen, before your son goes off to college, I hope that you have helped build a strong identity in his spirit of who he is and what he stands for. Because if you don't help him before he goes off to college. Someone in college, some group of people, some individual, some person, some teacher is going to try to tell him who he is. And if he doesn't know who he is, he may easily take on a wrong identity from someone who is pressuring him to believe lies that aren't truly about his identity in God. I remember my, my daughter, uh, Marissa, my oldest, who now has a beautiful baby, big baby boy named Finn, her and her husband. But when she was a freshman in high school, she was trying to figure out who she is like a lot of high school kids do. And I knew she was. And so I would drop her off at the doors of the high school. And before I let her out of the car, I would kiss her on the cheek and I would say, look at me, Marissa. I would say, hey, remember, you're much more than a pretty face. And she was pretty. She is pretty. But I, but I would tell her, you know, you're much more than a pretty face. You are a smart, independent uh, young girl with values and worth in your life. And so I, I wanted her to know that. Because I know that when she got into school, she would be, de- be defined as a pretty girl. But I wanted her to know that, no, 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 there's much more value than just your face. Uh, you, 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 there's much more value to, d- to you than just your looks. You are a woman of God in the making. So the Apostle Peter is telling this congregation, these, these people that are struggling to figure out, figure out who they are, he's telling them, hey, society's going to try to define you, but I want you to understand who you are. He says uh, several things about their value. He says, you're a chosen race. Uh, The word that he uses in the Greek here 
is genos, which is uh, race or kind. It comes from race or kind. Um, so he's telling them, you are a particular type of people, race or kind. Now, he's not specifically talking to Jewish people. He's actually talking to believers. You know, race is a huge topic today. In our culture, in our city at this moment, there's a new awareness and sensitivity about race. And, and so let me just be clear that you understand this. Um, whether you are, whether you are African American, or whether you are Latino, or whether you are Asian, or whether you are Caucasian, all those are important. They speak to your culture. They speak to your background. We celebrate our diversity. But let me let me say this. Here's where we get it wrong. Your first identity is that you are a chosen people, that you belong to God. Listen, if, if I start saying, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm, a, uh, I, I, I'm Irish. I'm Irish and then I'm Christian because I, I found out I have 42% Irish in me. Uh, if, if I say I'm Irish and Irish goes before Christian, then there's a problem. If my wife, who's Mexican-American, starts to say, well, I'm a Mexican-American that happens to be Christian, then it's a problem. What, what, what God is telling us is we are, first of all, chosen people, and then we have different backgrounds. So my wife is a Mexican. She's a Christian first that happens to be Mexican-American, and we celebrate that, but her first identity is not her race, not her age, not what side of the track she grew on, not whether she, come on, can I go there, is a Sox fan or a Cubs fan. Uh, her first identity, yeah, is that she is a follower of Jesus. Because listen, if we don't get that right then we have no basis for our unity because you will let either the north side or south side, you'll let the color of skin, you'll let economic factors divide the body of Christ. First of all, we are a chosen people before we are anything else. That comes in the first priority. And then we celebrate our diversity. But first of all, we celebrate our unity as, as men and women that are chosen of God. Come on now. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message in just a moment, so please stay with us. Did you know that in addition to this weekend program, you can catch Mark's bold and passionate teaching every weekday on our sister program? You'll find Bold Steps with Mark Job on the radio, over the internet, or through our popular Moody Radio app. So just go to boldstepsweekend.org to learn more. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our free email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly. It's delivered to your inbox every Monday morning, designed to help you start the week off right. Sign up today at boldstepsweekend.org. Let's return to Mark's message now. Do you know who you are? Then secondly, he says, you're a royal priesthood. Uh, Royal, by the way... It has to do with authority, has to do with a kingly stature, and then priesthood has to do with worship and service. Now, this may not strike any of you strange, but for the Jewish believers hearing this, they would have gone, because they very clearly understood 
that royalty and priesthood never mixed. You were either royal or you were priestly, but you couldn't be both. Um, in fact, in the Old Testament, the monarchy and the priesthood were strictly separated. Uh, the priesthood came from a lineage, and uh, the royalty came from a lineage, and they did not intermix. In fact, I don't have time to get into it this morning, but King Uzziah, he was a king, and he tried to act like a priest, and he was immediately struck down. Saul was in the kingly area, tried to pass in the priestly area, and immediately he was disqualified because they wouldn't do both. But here's what God is saying to us. God is saying to us, I'm mixing both of them. He's basically saying, you have authority with King Jesus, and then you're also called to serve and worship as a priesthood. So we have the authority that accompanies our position as men and women of the kingdom of God, but we also have the call to work on behalf of God. So uh, we can pray for people, but yet we have authority as we speak over people's lives. Uh, we are in a position of royalty with authority with God, but yet we worship and we serve as well. The Bible calls it a royal priesthood. Uh, he's mixed us together, high value and high service combined together. So never forget that, you're a royal priesthood. Thirdly, he tells us, listen, he says, uh, you're a holy nation, a holy nation, they were called to be a people. A nation is defined by its territory, by its culture. You are a people, not only an ethnos called people, but you are a nation that belongs together, a community. And um, uh, in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 12, it says, They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be sought after the city uh, no longer deserted. So there's that, that, that sense of we are a nation together. And number four, um, he refers to them, oh, I love this. Man, I wish I could preach this because some of you need to hear this. A people belonging to God. Literally, a people for gain-making, or a prized people, or a people that God has earned unto himself. Um, we are a people that belongs. You know, one of the greatest questions that I, I, I feel like many in this generation are struggling with is this question, do I belong? Who am I? And I, and I feel especially at this moment in our city, in our nation, uh, People are trying to be defined by their political party. Uh, people are being defined by their race. Uh, people are being defined by their social economic status. People are defined by whether you're in the border or out of the border. And listen, what, what God is telling us who are people of God, who, who are followers of Jesus, he's saying this, you are a people that belongs to God you belong, and I don't know if you have been feeling this uh, recently, but there's a lot of people because of the social isolation, because you haven't been able to meet in person, the enemy comes in and he starts to whisper this lie to you, you don't belong. He starts to say, this is not your tribe. 
He starts to say, yeah, you know, there's people of other races here. Is this really your tribe? There's people of other political persuasions. Is this really your tribe? Uh, There's people that maybe are older than you or younger than you. Is this really your tribe? Hey, there's people that are wealthier than you or maybe poorer than you. Is this really your tribe? Hey, there's people that live on the north side and don't understand the south side or south side and don't understand the north side. Is this really your tribe? I think the enemy tries to pull us away from the body of Christ and tries to lie to us because the enemy understands that when you feel like you don't belong, then you become you become strategically separated from the people of God and you become vulnerable to the enemy that lies to your identity and your soul. And if he can lie about your identity, well, if he can lie about your identity, come on, he can swerve you away from your God-given purpose and destiny. And I know that word is for someone today. Secondly, if you're taking notes, not only... Does identity speak to our value, but identity points to your purpose? Uh, Notice what he continues to say in this passage. He said that you may, you are chosen people, a royal priesthood. He says all these things, a people that belongs to God. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In essence, what God is saying is that we are a people that has a purpose. We are a people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different neighborhoods. We don't look the same. If we were all together here, gathered together, especially here at New Life Midway, you look around and we are a multi-ethnic, multicultural church. There are people that look very different from you. There are people that grew up in different parts of Chicago or maybe even outside of Chicago. There are people from different uh, social economic backgrounds. Yet, yet, God has joined us together and God has declared that we have a common purpose. Notice, your purpose is found in your identity. And what Peter says is our purpose, don't, don't get this wrong, is to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. What does that mean? That means that our stated purpose is that we live in such a way, that we behave in such a way, that we interact in such a way, that people will declare how great our God is because we are talking about how he's taken us out of the darkness into the light, and because we are people of light, people don't point to our goodness. They look at us and they say, there must be a God. And so our lives help people declare the praises of God. Now let me, let me be very clear about this. When you know that your Father loves you, you have identity, and your purpose is clear, I'm going to give all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory to King Jesus because he deserves it. We are people with a purpose. So not only, not only does identity speak to our value, it points to our purpose. Thirdly, it gives us a sense of belonging. Notice what it says in verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I, I, I love that. Pointing people to God through our actions, identity, and our purposes. Our topic on this edition of Bold Steps Weekend, the Bible teaching of Pastor Mark Job. Well, we have a vibrant and growing community online, and we'd love for you to check out our social media pages. You'll find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just log into your accounts and search for Bold Steps Radio. Or while you're online, just make your way over to our website and sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly, an email devotional delivered to your inbox every Monday morning. We'd love to add your name to the growing list of people who are already being blessed by this free weekly resource. You'll find all the information about signing up at boldstepsweekend.org. And then be sure to check out our current Bold Action Gift, too. It's a book called The World of Jesus. Clear up any confusion about the practices, places, and the people of Jesus' day. It's a great resource, and here's Mark once again to tell us a little bit more about it. Several years before William Marty wrote our latest Bold Action Gift, he had the opportunity to live in Russia for a year. He spent some time prepping and learning the language, and while it was an amazing opportunity, he came away with one challenging observation. The cultural and everyday differences between the two nations were difficult and challenging. And anyone who has visited another part of the world can understand this. This got him thinking about the cultural differences in the time of Jesus. And his book, The World of Jesus, is a fascinating and engaging study that will help you make sense of the people and places in Jesus' day. We'd love to send you a copy with your gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. And if you'd like to make a greater impact this year, consider becoming a Bold Partner. Your monthly gifts will touch the lives of people all across the country, and you'll get some nice perks as well. Once again, it's called The World of Jesus by William Marty. All right, thank you, Mark. You can request a copy when you call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or go online and give your gift at boldstepsweekend.org. And if it's easier, send your donation and request for The World of Jesus, Making Sense of the People and Places in Jesus' Day. You could do that in the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next weekend when we continue the conversation on how our identity in Christ gives us a sense of belonging and shapes the course of our lives. That's coming up next weekend, and you won't want to miss it. So join us then for another edition of Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.